Welcome to the Firearm Trainers Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I'm your host, Rob Beckman, and today we'll be talking about working full-time in the gun industry. We bring you this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. This episode is brought to you by our friends at the FTA, the Firearm Trainers Association. Head on over to their website, ftaprotect.com, to learn more about their instructor coverage they offer and their competitive pricing. Receive a special 10% off on your policy by entering promo code FTP10. This podcast is also brought to you by Barrel Block. Listeners know I've talked about Barrel Block in the past on the podcast. Here's a perfect use of Barrel Block from a recent class I took. During this class, we were talking about the use of cover. Normally, an instructor would use a blue gun to demonstrate the need not to suck up on cover. Well, the instructor forgot his blue gun that day for the demonstration. When I heard that, I volunteered my barrel block to the instructor and showed him how to use it. The barrel block was easy to install on the instructor gun, and as the instructor was doing the demonstrations, the whole class could see the gun was safe, also getting the most out of the demonstration. A few of the students even commented how easy of a device this was to use. No tools or disassembly required. Barrel block really came in handy during that class, and I'm sure you can use it in your class. Get your barrel block at blocksafety.com and use discount code INSTRUCTOR20. That is B-L-O-K safety.com. Today, we'll be discussing with Matthew Mallory from Public Safety and Education, founder and lead instructor, about going full-time in the gun industry. Matthew is a U.S. Army veteran, highly experienced firearm instructor whose passion for weapons and self-defense began at a very early age. Currently, Matthew works as a sworn New York State law enforcement officer, firearm instructor for the USCCA, NRA, UTM, Utah, and New York, self-defense instructor for New York, Taser, ASP, Safari Land, and Saber Red, and gun store owner. He teaches more than 60 different firearm courses in self-defense over 200 times each year to many thousand students all over the country. He has also traveled the country working as a brand ambassador and pro staff for many companies, such as USCCA, Laser Ammo, Shooter Technology Group, Manus X, and Angel Armory. His over 35 years of vast experience and passion for teaching ensures that his courses and educational are highly entertaining. Welcome, Matthew. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for that that awesome introduction. You know, it's it's funny. I never really had an introduction in that sense, a bio, if you will, until uh, I taught the pepper spray course for the USCCA. I sent them over. They're like, yeah, give us some info on you so we can put a bio together to put up on the website to, to coax people into signing up for the pepper spray course. And, uh, and I, you know, I just sent them this conglomerate of like uh, army vet, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. And of course their, their genius team over there puts together this phenomenal bio. And I'm just like, wow, that, who is this guy? <laughs> that can't be me. But it, it sounds interesting. It's it's one of those things where when you're so close to it, you don't realize how impressive it is. But I think you're the perfect guest to have on today because you're probably doing a lot of the stuff that if somebody wants to go full-time into the gun industry, they need to think about or look into a little bit more because it's not just teaching every weekend. It's going along and having a lot of connections in a lot of different areas so that you can uh, you know pivot when it gets cold outside or that you can take advantage when there's a lot of conventions and doing things like that. So, you know, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks. I really appreciate yeah. that. W- one thing that comes to mind as you say that was I met with a, a local instructor who was doing this full time uh, many years, well, a few years before I started doing it, had coffee with him many years ago. And, and I said to him, I said, are you really doing instruction full time? And I couldn't fathom that somebody could do, you know, t- go out and teach just locally, much less internationally or nationally. And, uh, and he goes, yeah, and he's just teaching locally. So he's mm-hmm. making a full-time job of it and hiring on people to go and teach courses 
um, around the area and in New York State primar- primarily. And uh, I just found that interesting. And I'm like, wow, that's really what I want to do. And, and it just, it's kind of just doing what I love to do and doing it the best I can. And those referrals come from students. Mm-hmm. And those students tell other students and it just keeps growing and it just keeps getting bigger. Yep. You know, if you've got a passion for it, then the students will come and you mm-hmm. just got to, you just got to put it out there. There's, there's a lot of, uh, another smart man at the USCCA, he'll, he'll remain na- name, nameless. He, uh, he had said to me that there's a, there's a there's banana trees out there and people, there's the two different types of people, ones that'll sit under the banana tree waiting for the bananas to fall. And then the ones that'll climb the tree and shake the tree. Mm-hmm. And, and he goes, and Matt, you're the one that climbs a tree and shakes a tree. That's why we, <laughs> uh, that's why we call on you all the time. Well, can you go, go along for our listeners and take us back to how did you switch from, uh, Matt Mallory, average, you know, instructor, average, you know, uh, worker out there to going kind of into full time. Uh, when, when you were when, you know, with all your connections and things like that. Yeah, definitely. Well, one thing also that you mentioned, it makes me think of something that just fell in my lap or I shouldn't even say it that way. One of the things you said was snow changes in, in weather, et cetera. You, you make opportunities out of things. And, and that that's the key. Like I was at the USCC Expo in May and I've had a relationship with Taser for a little while, just friendly re- relationship. Because, you know, my personality with the guys there and, and the gals there. And, and, the, and one of the guys, he goes, hey, let's, let's go out to dinner. So they invited me out to dinner. I go and sit with them. They go, listen, our legal team just approved the sale of tasers in New York State and the training. And I was like, okay. So, and that's because of the judge's ruling in the end of March. Well, that's fairly new, and, and as most people know, or at least people in the in the legal industry know, just because a judge rules something is unconstitutional doesn't necessarily mean the state's not going to appeal it. The state's not going to ignore it. I mean, even in cases like that, especially in, in New York, and we've known that from the seven versus ten round um, judges ruling. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I'm sitting with them. They tell me this, and I'm like, okay, when's your? And I, it just to me, I was just like, okay, when's your next instructor training? I want to be a Taser civilian instructor. And they go, it's next week. I'm like, great. So I sign up for it, and lo and behold, I'm the first New York State civilian taser instructor. Nobody else wanted to touch it. Nobody else thought that it was good. Now, mind you, between the time I had dinner with them and the time that class started, I was talking to the state senate to see if they had any bills in place. Lo and behold, they have a bill in place where they're going to actually get it remove the the law banning civilians from having tasers and stun guns or removing that from the penal code. And I called the local district attorney's offices and reached out through my channels there and started asking if they've given any edict to law enforcement not to enforce that part of the law. And lo and behold, lots of the district attorneys in the state have told law enforcement, do not arrest based on this law because it's null and void because of the judge's ruling. So I did my, my due diligence to make sure that I'm not just going to get spend the money, get certified, and then teach people the class, sell them tasers through my gun store, and then have them get arrested or, or have problems come about. Mm-hmm. Um, so things like that, just opportunities. I jump on them as quick as I can. The USCCA. I mean, I, I was sitting with uh, Laser Ammo and, and Steve Fisher and Mike Brickner and Kev, uh, Kevin McClowski. We all had breakfast one morning at one of the shows. I don't remember which thing was at an NRA annual meeting or something. This was many years ago. And they said, we'd like to fly you out to, to, uh, to our headquarters and record you pitching laser ammo products with Kevin. And that's where all the videos came about. And they're like, and we, I mean, if you're going to do this, we'd really like you to be USCCA instructor and training counselor. And I'm like, 
okay. And, and I put them through the ringer. I said, you know, what's in it for me? I mean, these courses are not as prevalent like the NRA. I'm teaching NRA courses left and right. People want that. They have name recognition. And Steve Fisher came, he said right to me, he goes, listen, we're going places. If you, if you jump on, you're going to go with us. And, and I bought into it and I did the instructor, I did the training counselor and it's just been, you know, no, going all over the country now teaching classes for him because I, I, I believed in the vision he had and I, and I felt like what he was saying, he was going to come, it was going to come to fruition. So I became the first New York state training counselor. That's, that's, that's great. So, but you were alluding to like how this came about and how I went from just being a, an average instructor, just teaching here and there. Cause there's a lot of instructors out there that just do it part time. I was just at a Syracuse gun show this weekend. We had a booth there and, um, and, and the first time we did that was a table and I was selling my honey from our bees and, and I had, um, fire logs I mean, and a banner with training t- trying to sell training, but it was NRA training. And, and I was, I just got on the County list for, to, to teach the course in Onondaga County, which is a funny story in itself. I'll tell you about, <laughs> um, and, uh, and it's gone from that to now I'm in the same spot for the past five years in the corner of the annex with four tables and the entire corner where we've got the laser ammo booth set up and I've got all my try me, buy me guns, my Tommy gun, my Uzi, my AQ 47 to draw people's eyes in. We're doing products now. So we've got, um, the taser pepper spray, stun guns, all that stuff, saber, saber red pepper spray, all laid out on the table. We're doing Kydex, making Kydex holsters. We're doing stippling. I've got an employee doing that. Um, and then obviously I do article 35 class. So I had all the illegal stuff that they can't have like, um, uh, nunchucks, which are legal now, butterfly knives, which are legal now. So laws are changing. So that article 35 class is something that people want because they want to know and keep up with the law and know what they can do, what they can't do, where they can go, where they can't go. But anyway, to go back to that, um, I uh, was teaching Hunter Ed and teaching NRA rifle. Now, the Hunter Ed was the very first thing I was doing, and that came about because my son wanted to get his hunting license. And I'm like, okay. So we go and we look, and I didn't have my Hunter Ed card. Uh, so I'm like, okay, well, I'll, I'll just take it with you and get a new card. So I took it with him. A couple years later, our daughter wanted to. And I already got my Hunter Ed card because I took it with her, my son. And we, we walk up to Pompey Rod and Gun Club. I knock on the door because we're supposed to be there to, to sign up. And they open the door and there's like 80 people in the room. And I'm like, whoa, holy cow. And they're like, well, we're full. We were full, full five minutes after we opened the door. I'm like, well, it sounds like you need more instructors. And Brian goes, are you interested? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, uh, sure, okay. So I go in and start filling out the paper and he whispers to me, your daughter's in the class. I was like, okay, great. <laughs> so I had to become an instructor to, to have her in the class. And that was years ago. And then with the Civil Air Patrol, once again, donating my time and, and helping teach, uh, teach kids stuff, we ended up, I wanted to do a rifle and ropes course. So I reached out to uh, a local club. This was an Oneida Rifle Club out in Oneida, New York. And we got some NRA instructors to put on a rifle course. And I took the course. And I'm like, this is, this is cool curriculum. I could teach this stuff. I know this stuff. I've, you know, military, law enforcement, et cetera, my background. And uh, so I looked into it. And I thought it'd be a way to save money, too, with, by having be, me being the instructor, not having to charge the Civil Air Patrol, where these instructors we had to pay, which wasn't a lot, but still pinching pennies with a nonprofit like that. Um, so I got my, my rifle certification and then turned around and they said, Oh, Hey, Boy Scouts want need a shotgun instructor. They'll pay for the training. I'm like, okay. So I got my shotgun NRA shotgun instructor. 
Mm-hmm. And, then, and then I'm in that class and the training counselor goes, Hey, I'm doing a pistol course. Anybody want to be a pistol instructor? I'm like, sure. Why not? So I got my pistol instructor certification. Then my wife goes, I want to get my pistol license. And I'm like, uh, well, I teach the NRA pistol. Okay. So I reach out to the County. I'm like, listen, I'm an army vet, current law enforcement, and I'm an NRA pistol instructor. Can I teach my wife the course for her to get her pistol license? The guy goes, yeah, I'm the approving authority. I'll, I'll take that certificate. I'm like, uh, okay, well, what else do I need to do to teach the general public to get on the list? Because there's lists in, on it in all the counties in the state. And not all the counties, but a lot of them. And uh, he goes, well, you know, send me your credentials. Said, okay, send him the credentials. A week later, he goes, I met with the under sheriff. He says, hi, and, uh, and we just need to see your curriculum. Uh, uh, curriculum? Uh, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Right, put my curriculum together, send it off to him in a, in a day or so. And uh, a week later, I call him up. I'm like, hey, just wanted to check in. He goes, oh, you're on the list on Friday. I'm like, uh, oh, okay. So I put my first course on at Pompey Rod and Gun Club and had 11 students. And then in that class, I had students. And, and a lot of this basically evolves from it. If I have a student that asks about something and enough students ask about it, then I jump on board and I, I figure out what I got to do to fill that need. Because obviously mm-hmm. there's a need there and they'd rather come to me because they know me, they like the way I teach versus go to somebody else and maybe not get the same level of quality or, or one-stop shop. Exactly. So they, uh, you know, I, I, I'm in the class and, and they're like, I had, I think one or two students in this class of 11 students. Hey, what's this, this multi-state Utah license thing? I, I don't, I don't know anything about that. Now, I really like to be able to carry my gun in other States. I'm like, well, let me look into it. So I started looking into it. That was in February that that happened by June. I had 11 people already signed up for a multi-state Utah, Florida course. And I was on my way to Utah to get certified as a Utah instructor, came back and taught the course. So my first course had paid for my trip to Utah, basically. So my first course to Utah, 11 students, 150 bucks a pop, had paid for my trip to Utah and come back. Now, in that trip to Utah, I met a guy named Gary Shank. And this is really what jettisoned everything um, that I have. And I owe a lot to Gary Shank and Frank Maloney. They're both uh, phenomenal guys and they're both top shots on the history channels, TV show uh, season four. Um, Frank was off kind of early. Gary was second runner up, but anyway, Gary's in the class to get certified just like I am. And I see his shirt says top shots, firearm training. Right. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, he looks familiar. So I just on a break, I go over and I go, Hey, is, were you on the show? He goes, he goes, yeah, I was on the show. Second runner up season four. I was like, Oh, nice to meet you. Shook his hand. And I'm thinking to myself, this guy's got to know who I am. That's just in my mind. I'm just like, he doesn't know me. I am nobody compared to what he is. Right. And in his mind, he thinks he, you know, these guys are so humble. They, they're like, we're we're nobody. We're on a show. We're, we're a a contestant on a show and we didn't win. I mean, they're very, very neat guys to really know because they are so humble, but they got so much knowledge Uh, and they know so many people too. Mm -hmm, Exactly. So I said to, I said to Gary, I was like, why don't you come to New York and we'll do, and I'm thinking in my mind the whole time, I'm not even paying attention to the content. I'm like, yeah, I know this stuff. It's NRA. You got to be an NRA based pistol instructor to, to be able to be certified. Yeah. I know this stuff in and out. I could, you know, I sleep through the class and I'd still pass. I wasn't worried about that. Um, but I, I'm thinking the whole time I'm thinking, okay, I got to think of something to get this guy in my life. This is how I, I work. My wife, my wife, it drives my wife nuts. But when I come up with an idea, like we'll be walking down the street and I'll see something, I'll be like, doom. And I'll just, come up with some idea to, to turn that into a business or whatever. And she'll be just like, how, how did you get that out of that? That's genius. But how did you get that out of that? So, um, 
by the end, I was like, hey, my wife would kill me if I didn't get a photo with you. So we go outside, we take a photo. I said, really, I should have you come to New York. We should do something. Some put some course on, draw people in, uh, maybe make it a charity event. And uh, lo and behold, we did. We did Top Shots at Orange County Choppers. He brought in two other guys in the show with him, Frank and Keith, Keith Gibson, Frank Maloney. And we raised $3,500 for Hope for Heroes. We did it at Orange County Choppers, which is the American Chopper TV show. We got to meet Paul Sr. Uh, it was great. And then Gary, um, I'm, I'm sorry, um, the uh, Gary, Gary came. I paid Flew him out, had him be one of the main people. Uh, Frank and Keith drove up. Uh, Frank's in Long Island, Keith's in Albany area in Hudson. And, and it was good. It was a good event. And from that, Frank Maloney goes, hey, Laser Ammo needs somebody to do the Great American Show. I can't do, I can't do nine days. So they, he puts my name in the hat. They call me. I'm like, okay, I'll do it. Cleared my schedule, went out there. And, uh, and, and it was actually funny. I said to, this was the, the first time I worked the booth was prior to, uh, our event, our charity event. So I said to Chen, the owner of Laser Ammo, I was like, I'll do it, but I got to be able to promote my event at the, at the booth. I got to take some time to go around and see if I can get door prizes and sponsors for the event. And I got to be able to put the flyers for my event down on the Laser Ammo table and hand those out as people come by. I mean, that, that's my ultimatum, if you will. And he's like, all right, fine. So we do it. I sold like $14,000 more than any of the other sales reps there selling. And from there, he's like, oh, well, can, can you go to all the shows with us? And I was like, uh, <laughs> sure. So that went to, from that to, I met with, with uh, them and NRA. They were standing there, um, Mike, Mike Farrell, the, the uh, inventor of the, the um, ATLAP, Advanced Training Laser Pistol. The orange gun that laser ammo sells. He, he's mm -hmm. the inventor of that. And, and Chen were standing there talking about a meeting they're going to have with the NRA. And I'm like, and they're looking at me and they asked me some questions and I'm like, Oh, but training counselor using my class. Da, da, and I, I'm just, and they're, they just look at each other and they go, yeah, he's going to the meeting with us. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So we go to the meeting. We met with uh, Mr. Poole, who's now retired from the NRA. And, and I basically spoke, spoke, spoke. And by the end of the meeting, they closed it, and, that, and then they end up getting the deal with the uh, NRA to put their products up on their on their portals. So now, now that you see, I was the one that facilitated that meeting, or I should say, helped make that meeting cohesive. And then mm -hmm. the same thing happened with the USCC at the breakfast meeting that I mentioned, and, and it just keeps it just keeps it you know evolving, getting bigger and bigger, just meeting people, and it, it helps with the amount of classes that I teach. You know, with all the courses that I teach, and that's grown over the years. But I just keep adding more on to offer more stuff to students because I can't mm -hmm. just sit there and do a basic pistol course and expect it to be. There's only so many people, and there's only so many, so many, uh, so many. I, I had one of my one of my students slash um, friends slash employees, whatever you want to call him. He's he's all around great guy. <laughs> one of, one of my guys, he says, uh, he goes you teach to so many people, you're eventually going to run out of people. <laughs> and when he said that to me, I'm thinking, hmm, so how do I mitigate that? All right. I mean, people are always growing up, moving in the area, moving out of the area, dying, et cetera. So there, there is a constant flow of people in that sense. But I, I thought, well, I got to add other courses. I got to add other courses that people want, that people are going to mm -hmm. desire, desire to have. And that was years ago. And that, that was kind of my, not, all my driving force, but it was in the back of my head that I need to make sure I keep offering stuff. To How myself. long have you been doing uh, gun stuff full time? Um, six or seven years, something like that. Okay. Maybe five or six. Yeah, right around. I, I'd say right around six. I think it's been six years. I'd have to. I'd have to look back. I don't remember the date exactly, but you know, like I said, it started out at Hunter Ad doing it for free, just because I love doing mm -hmm. it, and I still do it. I mean, I've got a bow hunter course tonight that I'm doing out in uh, Bass Pro Shops in Auburn. 
So it's, uh, you know, it's just something that I love to do, teach people. I've been teaching. I've been an adjunct professor at a local college teaching computer stuff. And you, you, you know, being in the computer industry, mm-hmm. um, that stuff changes. I mean, I, I haven't done computer stuff. I still do stuff for clients here and there. But when the client calls me, I'm like, I hope I remember <laughs> half the stuff I forgot. <laughs> yeah. Well, if I had to distill down what you just uh, talked about for our listeners, I think one of the first things that you did was you didn't let anything be an obstacle for yourself and you donate a lot of time up front, you know, whether that was, uh, for the civil air patrol or for the boy scouts or for the fundraisers, mm-hmm. you were just constantly going along and saying, okay, what more can we do? And you know, that's, that's a great way because a lot of those charitable organizations, they've got people that, you know, that have other jobs and they can connect you with other ones. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just like you were talking about going out and getting your Utah license, you know, you go to training class, you talk it up with the other instructors, the other students that are there, you're, you're able to connect, you know, dots with, with one another. And I've, I've seen similar type of things. Obviously I'm not doing it, doing training full-time like you are, but the more I go to classes and the more I talk about and tell people what I'm doing, uh, similar to this uh, podcast, many people told me, Hey, you've got the great voice for radio. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Well, you know, talk to a few people, talk to a few people. And before you know it, poof, you know, things, uh, you know, kind of, kind of lined up. And I think that's the same type of way for our listeners to realize that nobody's going to go along knocking your door and say, congratulations, you, you're going to be the next full-time, uh, gun instructor. It's going to be one of those things where you've got to keep your ear to the ground and take advantage of going to those shows, talking to people and like, you know, how, how do you, you know, do this or do that? And before you know it, they're like, well, if you'd be interested, we've got a, show or going to them and say, Hey, we got a chari- charitable event coming up and I'm trying to get door prizes. And all of a sudden you start the conversation that way, because if they like you to give you a door prize, mm-hmm. probably be more likely to go along and say, Hey, would you be interested next year when we come, maybe we can save some of the, some of our travel budget and just have a local person at the show instead of having, you know, to fly somebody in from California, you know, everybody's yeah. looking at costs these days. Yeah. I mean, it, it really comes down to, I mean, none, none of this, I, some people say it's, it's falls in my lap. I mean, I just, I look at opportunity. I look at something. If, if I'm, I tell my kids all the time, you like my son, I, I said, if you, if you're going to get a job at a, at a grocery store bagging groceries, don't look at it as you're bagging groceries. Look at it at a way to meet people, a way to maybe make contacts, maybe move your way up. And next thing you know, you're a grocery store manager. You you can't look at something like that. I mean, I I was married young. I've been married 28 years. We got married, uh, got together and pregnant at 15 and 16, married at 16 and 17, and then had our first child. And now she's 27 with four grandkids of ours. And we've got a daughter and a son also, and then another daughter that's three. And we've been foster parents for about seven years. And and our our 10th foster child that's come through the house is is going home on Friday or going to the um, relative of the family on Friday. Well, that's a a big commitment there. Yeah. yeah, Doing everything on top of being fostering kids yeah it's it's been the hardest thing that we've ever done in our in all of our marriages is, is fostering especially having them go home there's uh lane and chloe were with us for a year and that ripped it tore our hearts out when they went home because they went home to were can bad conditions same conditions they left in and it, it just we were befuddled that they actually sent them home but point, the moral of the story the point of the thing is is don't don't look at it like okay i'm you know i'm going to the show and you know we'll see what comes out of it no make something come out of it right? Go mm-hmm. around, meet people, get business cards. I mean, I, at one thing, Jacob Paulson said, w- 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 were you there when he, we were at shot show at media day? Yeah, I was there. So mm-hmm. I, he walks up and he looks at me. I got 
the PSNED uh, patch on my hat. I got it on both sh- shoulders of my coat. And he's just like, wow, look at you marketing everywhere. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's what it is, right? I mean, if, if I'm not marketing myself as an instructor, letting people know what I do, then why am I doing this? It's a hobby. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, we, we actually just had him on uh, one or two episodes ago. I'd have to look, but uh, he was talking about funneling, trying to get students in for states that don't require training, like constitutional states. And he was talking right. about the marketing funnel. Mm-hmm. And I think if we look at ourselves as a product, that we need to go along and talk to a whole lot of people. Yep. If we talk to 100 people, does that mean we're going to get 100 offers to do something, you know, to teach a class at their 10%. location? Maybe 10%, maybe less. Yep. But if you only talk to one person, yeah. Then you've only got, you know, one chance, you know, in a hundred that that person might actually go along and say, Hey, do this. And, and that's, I think using his analogy and the funnel at, and us as a product could apply there too, to where, Hey, you know, keep talking to different vendors. If one vendor says, ah, not this show, Hey, maybe there's another vendor. If people understand that you're, you know, a good salesperson for them, then all of a sudden, you know, they'll, they'll come back. And if you're a good trainer, they'll come back, uh, ask you to be a trainer there too, or, or travel to their location to train, you know, all those different types of things. You got to be open to it. Yeah. I mean, there's, I did Toastmasters. I, I, I still do it. Ums and ahs and ahs. And I have those little just speech things like that. I'm not a, I, I like to say that I may sound educated, but really I, I hear somebody speak and I'm like, wow, they said that word. I don't know what that word is. Let me research it. And then I'd research it and then I integrate it into my repertoire, right into my, into my verbiage. And I sound smarter than I actually am. And you know, people think, oh, the guy's, no, I'm not, I, I hated high school. I wasn't good, good in, in math. And, and a little thing for your listeners, just to show you that I'm just an average person like anybody else. I used to count the people ahead of me in class. If the teacher wanted us to read out loud, read a paragraph or something, I count how many people are ahead of me and I would count the paragraphs. And then I'd read that paragraph over and over, not learning a damn thing because I'm not listening to what they're saying. Right. I'm so ingrained. I'm making sure I don't look like an idiot in front of my peers that this paragraph is going to be come out out of my mouth. Good. And then when it gets to me, I'd read it and be like, good, I've done it. I'd be so exhausted that I wouldn't listen to what anybody said after me. And that's how I went through high school. I sucked at it. Right. Would I think that I'd ever be writing national articles like my, the George Zimmerman interview, which another thing, I just reached out to George and, and he vetted me through some people, Andrew Bronca, thank you, and, uh, and whatnot, and ended up getting an interview, like the fifth person ever to interview George Zimmerman, took him out to dinner, and then I wrote an article. And mm-hmm. that, took, that took me a while to get that published, but... Yeah, and that that was what Amoland and, and a few yep. places like that. Yep. Am- I mean, Amoland. it was was not a uh, small you know small uh, publication. I mean, that gets read by a lot of people. Yep. And again, it's putting something together, seeing possibilities of what you what you have, yep. and you know. How long did it take you before you got the meeting with them? I think you told me several months. Yeah, it was like the beginning of last year. I start. I reached out to them. We went back excuse me, we went back and forth and it was supposed to be a phone call at first. And then I, and then laser ammo wanted me to go to, uh, IACP in Florida, international association of chiefs of police conference down in Florida and Orlando. And I'm like, well, I'm going to be in Orlando. He's in Florida. I didn't know what area. Um, cause he moves around. He tries to stay pretty, uh, pretty, uh, low key. And uh, so I just sent a message on Facebook. I'm like, Hey, screw the phone interview. Why don't we do it in person? I'll bring you out to dinner. He's like, okay. Didn't know if he was going to meet me or not. I didn't know if he, and then, uh, obviously he met, met with me. I took notes and put an article together and, and then it took months. That was in October and it took months until July, July 4th when Amelan actually published the article. And that was my, that's my first nationally published, published article. And because of that article, I'm, I'm doing one, doing two right now for guns.com 
Um, USCCA, I've got about four or five that USCCA is interested in that I'm, I'm currently writing and trying to put the final touches on. Uh, PDN, Rob Pincus's Personal Defense Network. There's an article I'm working on with that. I'm actually talking to uh, Jacob Polson's guy at, at uh, concealedcarry.com mm-hmm. to, to maybe do a couple articles for that one if they got some ideas. So, you know, and I never really thought, I mean, I'm, I've never been a good student in, in high school, but, you know, and right now I haven't signed the contract yet, so I can't really divulge what it is or who it's through, but I'm, I'm in the process right now. Uh, about a week and a half, I'll be signing a contract to do a, my own book. So I'll be a published author. And oh, wow. So I'm putting together a 50,000 word manuscript and, <laughs> and an instructor, instructor, student instructor, online course, and then also a in-person in-person course. So I've got four different, basically three curriculums and a manuscript or a book that I'm working on for a a company. Well, Matthew, we've been talking a lot about how to build things up and I'm sure there's probably people out there, you know, looking at flights to the NRA meeting, the USCCA meeting, you know, conferences, everything uh, that they can get to or people that they can uh, connect with and things like that. One of the things that I'm always interested in is what's the not fun part? when it comes to being, being your own boss and, and being full-time with it that, you know, keeps you up at night or things like that to where you, you know, it's, it's just one of those things that is not fun. A lot of people that I deal with in the industry will say that they don't like the administrative side of it. You know, the keeping track of students, the certificates, the payments, all that stuff. Um, you know, and, and I understand that I get that I, to an extent, I don't like it. I'm good at it. I'm usually organized in that sense for stuff that I need to be organized on that, that really screw me over if I, if I'm not organized. Right. So that's mm-hmm. one thing that I've, uh, the, the buzz I hear in the industry from other people, other instructors that I talk to and, and mentor and, and even ones that I talk to that, that mentor me. Um, that's probably one of the Achilles heels for a lot of people, um, which like the USCCA and, and other organizations are coming out with platforms to, for people to be able to pump their, their classes through. So a lot of that administrative stuff's done uh, by them on the back end, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Now, right. I, I mean, gov- government, I guess government probably would be the biggest thing that, that I hate dealing with, which anybody in the second, in the second amendment realm, the industry that we're in would, would probably agree is government oversight, government reach, you know, all that stuff's uh, mumbo jumbo. I went down to Albany and met with about seven politicians, three, two, three months ago, Mm -hmm. because there's a handful of bills that are coming out trying to turn into law. Everything from banning a 50 BMG, because you can't use that to hunt with. And what else do you need it for? It's, you know, if you don't need it for hunting. And I had to go down and remind them that the second amendment has the word bear in it, but that's not the kind of bear our founding fathers are talking about. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with hunting. Right. So I'd say that, you know, the the other bills that they're trying to pass here in New York is, uh, uh, five hours of training, every single County, anybody that's looking to get a pistol license, you have to have five hours of training. Uh, you have to have a a written test. You have to go out and do a a shooting qualification and then classroom portion. So they're, they're trying to pass that and they're, and they're, they're going to, I mean, they've got the votes to do so unless the next election really is drastically a turn, but we're in New York. So typically it's not, it's pretty, pretty much on the the left side, left leaning. Yeah. You got to move down here to Ohio. We're a lot more uh, sympathetic for gun gun owners. I've thought about it. My wife's like, yeah, we should buy a condo in Florida and we can live there half the year. And I was like, yeah, yeah I mean, we'll probably do something like that just to go there and get away from New York in the winter. But the, the funny thing is, that though I'm behind enemy lines, the civilians, the people here in the state, even cops that I train and talk to. I mean, I had six or seven cops come to our booth at the, the Syracuse gun show this weekend and, and we were shooting it up and 
talking about these laws and stuff that they're making cops enforce and telling cops they have to enforce that are, that make no sense. You know, the red mm -hmm. flag, the emergency, uh, emergency orders that they're, they're putting in. Um, so moving South, I mean, it's, it's tempting, but like Florida has got the most amount of instructors in anywhere in the country. So because mm -hmm. it's such a nice state. Well, we also want to go along as much as we're, we know certain States are unfriendly. They're not going to get friendlier unless we educate the people that are there. You know, when the constituents yeah. actually go along, it's like, wait a minute, you mean we're supposed to be, you know, it doesn't have to be a hunting purpose that we should be able to bear arms. And, you know, why do, why do I need a license for this? And why do I need to do this when it has no impact on crime and things like that? That That's where I, I kid about people moving to more friendly state. But at the same time, if everybody moved out of the unfriendly states, Guess what that guess what that one friendly state's going to be surrounded by unfriendly states, and you think the friendly is going to survive uh, indefinitely? No, you know we need to be spread out and need to work on all uh, levels of legislature. Yeah, I, I've hosted one of the things that I do, and this this is another thing too for for people wanting to be full time instructors that that I would impart on them. Don't be in the mindset that I'm an instructor; I know everything. Be a student. Mm -hmm. Get out there, take courses from other people. Even if I had one student say to me one time, you know, I'm going to six hour. He's all excited. I'm like, I've never been to six hour. You know, I should go with you. He's like, he's like, why would you go? You, I, you, you know, you could teach the stuff. I'm like, yeah, but I could learn one thing. If I learn one thing from that class, then it's, it's a win, right? Whether I learn something new as a student, different way to do something. That's awesome. That helps me as a, a protector of my family to make sure that I can, I can protect my family. Or if I learn something new as an instructor that I can bring back to my students, then it's a win. So why wouldn't I want to take classes from other instructors? Like I've hosted Larry Vickers. I've had Larry Vickers out here. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of the stuff I've gone to other places and I've reached out to some of the other ones to have them come here. And they've said they won't come. I got two that said they won't come behind New York state lines. Mm -hmm. I go, no, that's, that's a, uh, no, that's, that's enemy territory. I'm like, no go place. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which I, I get it to one cent, one sense because I'm, I'm a big advocate for if a business has a sign up that says no guns allowed, well then don't, if they don't believe in your second amendment right to defend yourself, then don't, don't, give, don't give your business, right? Don't give them your money because that's just going to perpetuate their anti-gun mentality. Uh, exactly. Same kind of concept, right? Why would you go behind New York state lines if you don't have to? It, it's just going to give money because you're going to have to buy gas. You're going to have to you know, spend money in that state, mm -hmm. which eventually gets taxed and goes to the state and it just keeps perpetuating. I, I get that, but I'm behind enemy lines and I'm trying to train the good legal law-abiding citizens here in the state of New York and in the country, like you alluded to. I travel all over and teach courses, um, trying to teach them to make them well-armed and well-educated. Well, hey, Matthew, we're running up against our uh, time limit for the episode. Um, and thank you for coming on today. Where can uh, instructors find more out about you? Uh, maybe even reach out to you and bounce some ideas off you, different things like that. Again, networking opportunities for us all, uh, you know, well, in the training community. Most definitely. I, I always, always welcome that. I'm always uh, willing to, to help give information. And, and I learn from that as well. The questions that I get asked can help me become better. Um, I would say psned.com which stands for public safety and education, which you could also go public safety and education.com all spelled out, but P S A N D E D.com for short. Uh, also on Facebook, we've got a ton of followers there. So feel free to like our Facebook page. It's P S and Ed and we're on Instagram. We don't do as much with Instagram, but Facebook and our, and our website are the two, two biggest places that we're on. Plus we also got meet the pressers on YouTube. Clint Macro and I have a, have a show that we invite guests on and, I think we're up to like our 15th episode now, which is pretty cool. We've had a lot of good people. John Korea from Active Self-Protection. Mm -hmm. George, George Zimmerman was a guest. Yeah, some re really good, good ones. Yeah, one, one, one this one guy. about that, different topics. 
there's one guy that sounds like John Goodman, uh, <laughs> Rob, Rob. Yeah, Rob Beckman. Yeah, yeah, that was one of our best guests too. <laughs> well, thank you for that. And uh, well, that's a wrap for this episode. We have a few requests for our loyal listeners. If you have input, questions, or feedback, please email us at ftp at concealedcarry.com. Follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're out there. We're listening. We, we will be responsive for it, uh, for you. Visit our sponsors, especially the Farm Trainers Association at ftaprotect.com and check out their instructor insurance. Remember, being a responsible instructor means that you're going to have insurance coverage. And remember to use promo code FTP10 for 10% off at checkout. Remember, we bring you this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Stay safe and go out there and network. Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.